Hello and welcome to Asia Abridged, where we highlight the best moments from Asia Society events. I'm Dan Washburn, Chief Content Officer at Asia Society. In this episode, we hear from Padma Lakshmi, the Indian-born model, actress, and author who recently completed her 13th season as host of Top Chef, the Emmy Award-winning cooking competition show. In these clips from Lakshmi's appearance at Asia Society in New York, we learn about her Desi identity, the Indian food she's dying to see on Top Chef, and why she has no love for Disney princesses. The other voice you'll hear is musician and producer DJ Reka, who moderated the conversation. This podcast does contain some adult language, so if you're listening within earshot of children, you might want to put the headphones on. We start with Lakshmi discussing her childhood in New York City. I miss 70s New York. Um, you know, I know that I was shielded from a lot of the actual economic struggles that the city was going through and the crime and all that. But, you know, I don't think we knew better back then. Mm -hmm. I remember doing things that you would never let a child do today, even in <laughs> gentrified Soho, where I live. You know, I would roller skate all over the city. No helmets. I would, I would, I was a latchkey kid. My mother worked at Sloan Kettering, which is on 69th, and our house was on 81st. And I would skate alone when I was in fourth grade down to meet her for lunch in the summers. Um, From Queens, you'd skate to? No, man, I lived in, I lived in Manhattan too. Oh, I right, did. you lived on 83rd right, Street. Right, right, right. I have sorry. this weird thing where my mother. You were still skating alone. I was still skating alone. I still had a key around my neck. <laughs> no, but even when I was living in Elmhurst. Right. Um, go Queens. Go okay. Queens. Um, even when I was living in Elmhurst, and I lived in these two buildings that I pass every time I go to JFK, by the way. And the whole building was either um, South American, Peruvian, or Indian. And so you would actually like put your first key in, you know, where the mailbox is in, and then you are, and then you would go in the second door. And before you got through the second door, you would smell the jira. <laughs> or cumin. <laughs> you would, you know, so you knew you were home. But, um, you know, I got to do a lot of things. I walked to school. I was in elementary school. I walked to second grade alone because there were a gang of us kids that walked there. And so, you know, I had a lot of liberties that I didn't think children have anymore. And 70s New York was wonderful because it was a lot less gentrified. And even, you know, one of the reasons my mother and I did move to Los Angeles was because it really got expensive for her as a single mom and as a nurse living in Manhattan um, and you know even in Queens. And so she made the decision to move westward. She hated the winters. She got a good job at City of Hope. And so we went there. But you know, 70s New York was great. I used to skateboard. There, you know, when these this is when block parties actually just didn't sell socks and Ecuadorian sweaters. Like, they actually were cultural exchanges. You would, you know, it was like going to a little carnival. They had bouncy castles. It wasn't just another retail um, excuse for another retail venue. And it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like every block party in New York City has the same vendors. They just rotate. Yeah, right? it's like you get gyros, you get tube socks, and I don't know what else, True. dream catchers. <laughs> Soon the topic turned to Lakshmi's Indian-American identity. Does she consider herself Desi, a loose term intended to cover people and a wide variety of other things who trace their origins to the Indian subcontinent? 
Or is she an ABCD, American-born confused Daisy? I am a Daisy, like with a capital big fat D. <laughs> um, Daisy to me um, is the opposite of an ABCD. Oh, interesting. Um, I think all ABCDs should aspire to be Daisies. Um, I think Daisy is um, something that you possess in your heart, whether you're born in India or from Indian ancestry, regardless of where you live in the world. It is a connection to other people from the subcontinent. It is um, knowing that the Indian identity is different for many people, even within India, and that that identity is ever-changing for all of us in different ways, but that that identity is also anchored by a very old civilization, and that that civilization and its history and its turmoil gives us a connection that is beyond speaking the same language, which many of us don't, mm -hmm. or wearing a sari, which a lot of us can't, <laughs> or, or, or if you ever eat a bowl of dal and rice, it is really a state of mind about understanding that you are more than yourself and you are part of a larger, long strand of humanity. Well, that's brilliant. <laughs> that, that's going to help a lot of people with their identity problems their freshman year of college. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, does your family know what you do for a living? They do now. <laughs> they do now. You can watch Top Chef in India on AXN, I'm oh, told. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. They do now. For a long time, they didn't. And for a long time, I would hide it because I didn't want certain pictures to trickle down to India. But honestly, like I modeled in the days before internet and, 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 and social media. And you know, it was a much more innocent and carefree time. Can we go back? I wish. Um, uh -huh. And what I'm saying, when I ask what your family knows, what you do for, wedding, for a living, mm -hmm. do they understand like all the jobs? Like, you know, people see you on, people see one aspect of your life, which is the end product of being on a TV show. Mm -hmm. Do you think they get the depth of the amount of work and labor and the juggling of being a, uh, you know, public persona? And also, you, you've been writing way before this book ever came right, out. Right, yeah. Um, so you have a career as a writer um, for different, for, for numerous publications. So did they ever get an understanding of that kind of, like hustle? I think they did once cell phones came around because I was still dealing with business when I was going back to visit India and they would hear me. But, you know, initially 10 years ago, I mean, there was internet then, but, and also cell phones. But, you know, initially when I was telling them what I do and they're like, that's all? <laughs> you just sit around and talk and eat? It's what you're doing here. <laughs> Bring it's like, camera. I know, but I'm in a tight dress and I have hair and makeup for two hours. <laughs> um, so you tweeted, um, I read your, uh, your Twitter timeline. Um, you asked uh, your followers, what desi food do you want to see on Top Chef? Mm -hmm. What desi food do you want to see on Top Chef? Chot. <laughs> I want to see chot everywhere. <laughs> 
Actually, there's a dosa guy in Washington Square Park, and every time I go to eat there, there's such a damn long line that I don't have time for it. So I actually haven't tried him, but in my bucket list is to have the dosa that's in my local park. But I wish there was a dosa push cart. And my family doesn't let me eat at chat stands in India so anymore. So you get sick. Right, but you know, like the reason that Top Chef works is because I have a Teflon stomach. <laughs> So like, you know, even when I was a young girl, I'm talking like six or seven or five, when I would go back to first Delhi and then Madras, once my grandfather retired and moved down south, um, I would eat everywhere. And I was fine. And only once did I get dysentery <laughs> or gastroenteritis. Or both separately. Or, no, both together. Or some, some of us call it loose motions. Loose motions, yeah. <laughs> um, it's no, not we, an Indian conversation if you don't go there. You have to. <laughs> you have to. Later, an audience member asked Lakshmi another food-related question, specifically about a hamburger that Lakshmi ate in a television commercial that aired during the Hindu festival of Diwali. Listen, once a sinner, always a sinner. It doesn't matter on what day. Um, you know, I, it's true, I'm a lapsed Hindu Brahmin. I still consider myself a secular Hindu, but I grew up vegetarian. I didn't start eating meat until high school, and the seductive power of the bacon western cheeseburger <laughs> is what turned me to the dark side. <laughs> and now, whether it's Diwali or Holi, I will eat or wear anything once. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to call my family holiday Hindus. Yes, exactly, exactly. The conversation eventually shifted to the inspiration behind what Lakshmi calls her deeper projects, her writing and her work with the Endometriosis Foundation of America. You know, all anyone saw of me was looking like this, you know, camera ready, with hair and makeup and a beautiful dress, whether it was on TV or on the red carpet. And I had also had a lot of mixed feelings about making my living for most of my 20s after college from my appearance. And at some point in your life, you just want more, intellectually, spiritually, and practically. And that's why I go to places where, you know, a lot of people close to me would be like, and have said, why are you doing this to yourself right now? It's because, you know what, there's a seven-year-old girl that still lives in that building in Elmhurst that feels weird about being brown. There's a 21-year-old girl who's graduating from Hunter College, and her parents want her to go into a job where she'll actually make a living, but she wants to be a poet or a painter. Um, there are brown girls everywhere that have gone through a lot worse than I've gone through. And I wanted them to know that they weren't alone. And, you know, after being on TV for 10 years, I've had a lot of young Indian women come to me on street corners while I'm hailing a cab, in the subway, waiting in line at Whole Foods or whatever. And saying to me, you know, I think you're so cool because there's no one else that looks like me on TV. There's just no, you know. And outside of London, this is the largest Indian population, you know, that's outside of India. 9% of New Yorkers are South Asian. 
And, and so I do feel very at home here. And I guess I wanted to write it for all those girls still at Patel Brothers doing their grocery <laughs> and not at Whole Foods, you know? And I just wanted somebody to, to tell them, it's okay, you can do what you want. It just takes a while. And you don't have to be married and on your career track by the time you're 30. And you know what? Boys do it too, so, <laughs> so can you. I have a six-year-old daughter now, and I get really mad when she watches The Little Mermaid. <laughs> and I hate those fucking Disney princesses. <laughs> I really do, because we got to watch what we're telling our kids. I love Tiana, and I love Brave. I'm fine with them. But Snow White is a waste of, no, Snow White is okay. She takes care of seven men and she cleans the house. It's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work to take care of seven men. Sleeping Beauty is a waste of space. She lays around and waits for someone to come and kiss her. How do you think her. I feel? <laughs> so, you know, so we have to watch what we tell our girls. We have to say, no one is going to save you. You have to make sure you save yourself if you get into trouble. Thanks for listening to Asia Abridged. Our show page is asiasociety.org slash podcast, where you'll find links to this and other episodes. Please subscribe to Asia Abridged on iTunes, and if you like what you hear, leave a comment and rating. They do help a lot. You can find Asia Society on Facebook at facebook.com slash asiasociety, and we're at Asia Society on Twitter. To purchase Padma Lakshmi's latest book, visit asiastore.org. This episode was produced by Salvador Pantoja and edited by Lucas Heller. For the whole team at Asia Society, I'm Dan Washburn. Mm-hmm.